Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Hello there once again. I'm Mike along with Joel, Growing in Grace, 15 minutes of getting together each week. And Joel, good to be with you once again. And the same with you. It's always good as we uh, <laughs> encourage one another in the gospel, you know, the the true gospel. Uh, for years and years, Mike, uh, in the church, it just seems, and, and, and I don't mean to point fingers here, but I just mean to say that in the church, there's a kind of a different kind of a gospel that's been preached. It's more of a gospel that says, all right, you're saved by faith, but then... Let's get to work, and let's make sure that you're doing all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. And of course, as people who love God, and as people who have been made new creations, we want to do the things that God has created us to do. But I think that in so many cases, the gospel message itself has been left out. The truth that it's God working in us, it's not our own works. It's not a matter of, okay, we used to be bad people, now we're good people. But I think, Mike, that our life in Christ, as we look at some scriptures, uh, it's more a matter of, again, not have not that we were once bad people and now we're good people, but once we were dead and now we've been made alive together with Christ. And I've got a, you know, a few little um, scriptures that we can talk about, I guess, and see what uh, thoughts you have as well, Mike, in regards to having been dead and now being made alive. I have no thoughts. Can't we talk about something else? All right. Let's. Uh, you ever watch SpongeBob? I love that show. We can be like Patrick. Yeah. Let's talk about that next week. <laughs> talk about Patrick and SpongeBob? I don't care. I'm flexible. That's the beauty of the grace of God. We don't have to come on here and talk about the Bible. We could talk about sports. We could talk about the weather. And that's what we're trying to get across to our listeners is the freedom that we have. Now, it just so happens that... We've chosen to talk about the Bible and the Scripture and our position in Christ, and we'll probably do that again today. But, um, no, seriously, uh, you know, I had a guy walk into my office last week, Joel. It was almost quitting time. I was on the phone. This guy came in off the street, came walking right into my office, and sat down while I'm on the phone. And I'm thinking, and I'm trying to concentrate because I am on, on the phone with a customer. And uh, trying to get all my facts straight. But in in the back of my mind, and out of the corner of my eye, I'm wondering, who is this guy? And why is he sitting here while I'm on the phone conducting business? And he's dressed really nice. A middle-aged fella. Maybe even a little on the elderly side. And uh, finally I get off the phone. And he got up out of the chair and handed me some literature. <laughs> and I, I pretty much had a pretty good idea what it was. But he didn't even stick around to to allow me to to address him or to, to talk to him, really. But it was with, shall we call it, sort of one of those pseudo-Christian cults where people like to go around and knock on your door and hand out literature. Or just come in and sit down while you're on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't even knock, just came walking right in. And and I thought, you know, but here's a guy who, and I'm I'm really quite familiar with their religion. And remember... We don't talk about religion around here too much because that's sort of a negative word. Religion is man reaching out to try to get to God, whereas in our relationship, true Christianity is God having already reached down to man, and he did that through his son, Jesus Christ. So there's a big difference there. But he, he's working so hard to try to score enough points to be accepted by God. 
he thinks, you know, in order for him to be one of the chosen few, and in their religion there are very few, by the way, who will be chosen, <laughs> he has to work so hard at it and just cross his fingers and hope for the best. That's why he's going around trying to share this information that he's handing out to people, figuring that he's going to be rewarded for it somehow, and that his reward is going to be eternal life because he went out and did enough work to, to get it done. Uh, a lot of people in Christianity may have a, a similar mentality like that because they haven't really understood about the freedom that we do have in Christ. But I just, my heart went out to this guy because I wish I would have had the chance. You know, in the old days, I might have said something to him if he, if he'd have stuck around. I might have said something like, I'm not interested. Uh, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in what you believe. But the grace of God has, has softened my heart so much that I, I want to find out why is this guy doing what he's doing? And, you know, ask the Lord for, for wisdom with words on what I could say that would help him understand you don't have to do this <laughs> mm-hmm. to be accepted by God. Yeah, that's that really is what uh, the, the message that you and I, you know, talk about every week, Mike, is because uh, you're right, not just in the particular religion that you're talking about, but in the modern-day evangelical Christian church, even, there is this attitude or um, this kind of overall just a gist of religion that's going on out there and, and a lot of people don't really know the difference and, and we want to help people to come to understand that you know you can have a lot of religious activity in your life you can be doing a lot of religious stuff whether it's going door to door and and talking with the people about your your beliefs trying to score points or whether it's getting deeply involved in in church activity or uh trying to uh, maintain a sense of righteousness by your own you know by your own deeds so that you you know you can make yourself think that you're right before God because of of what you do you can do all those things and have a really good perhaps uh outward appearance but on the inside is it coming from the fact that you've be, been made a new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ, or is it because you're trying to become something? The difference that has been made in my life is that I used to be doing, trying to be doing a bunch of good things because I thought I was supposed to, and because I thought it would maintain my right standing with God. The difference now is that I know now that I've not just be, it's not that i've been changed from a bad person to a good person in jesus christ but i've been changed from a dead person to a person who's been made alive with christ it, before you know i was dead to god because i was born in adam and we've talked about this plenty of times and uh, you, you know maybe we need to go a little deeper on that but just for our purposes now we were born dead to god Uh, But because of what Christ has done, and simply through faith, we can be made alive together with God through Jesus Christ. And so the difference is that we were once dead, now we've been made alive. The things that we go out and do, or the way that we love one another within the body of Christ, and the way that we love people who haven't come to be members of the body of Christ yet, it's it's the result of the fact that we've been made alive with Christ. It's not because we're trying to earn anything. That's, I think, the main gist of our message, uh, that we want to do good works indeed, but not to try to score points, but rather as an outflow of the life that we've been given freely in Jesus. Yeah, you know, Paul said in Romans um, chapter 6, verse 11, you also... Uh, reckon or consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
we're, we're talking about something that has taken place through birth spiritually, like what you were saying, Joel, because Paul goes on in the next verse to say, what I just read there, consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God. He, he's not talking about your outward actions there, but he does go on to encourage you and to exhort us as believers don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. So he's encouraging us there to, to uh, live out who we already are. Remember last week when we talked about what James said, how uh, people aren't so much uh, tempted by the devil, but James said that you know, you, you, you're usually uh, uh, you give in to your own evil desires. Uh, and and then it, it turns into sin when you do that. It's not so much that the devil's always knocking on your door trying to get you to sin. It's just you, you give in to your own evil desires sometimes. Paul's encouraging us not to do that because you've already died to sin, and now you're alive to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes Paul says things plainly and outrightly, and sometimes he kind of words some things together in you know, maybe, maybe some rather long passages that make up. Uh, a bigger point, but whenever you're reading Paul's writings, look for him to build you up in the truth of who you are in Christ, your identity, and then uh, to give kind of an exhortation as to what that means, what that looks like when it's lived out. I think so many times in the church, again, this is seems to be what I've been under in, in a lot of my Christian life, is that I hear just the things that we're supposed to do, like the second part of, of what you just read there in Romans 6. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, and, and that you shall obey it in its lust. And so my whole focus in the Christian life became, I, I need to not let sin reign in my mortal body, but I... For, I I didn't have the full message of of where all this comes from, so we need to look back at what the first part of what you read there that you know the death that Christ died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's stating a fact, you know reckon yourselves, which means count it as fact that you've been made dead indeed to sin. Because you can look at the rest of the scriptures and see that Christ took away sin once and for all. So we can reckon that as a fact. It's not that we're trying to make ourselves dead to sin, but we reckon it. We, we count it as fact that we've been made dead to sin and we've been made alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. With that knowledge and that understanding and that coming deeply into our hearts, then we can move on. Uh, to the truth. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. And so it's a, it's a totally different thing. Whereas in one from one perspective, we're trying to stop sinning. We're trying to get us. We're trying to stop obeying our lusts uh, in order to become something better in Christ. Whereas the proper perspective that I think you'll see all throughout the New Testament scriptures is that in Christ we've been made righteous, we've been made holy, and we need to get that established in our hearts. And then we can uh, start living as if that's true. We can reckon it as if it's true because it is true. Yeah, and, and Romans is one of those books where the more I read it, the more I begin to realize that Paul sat down in Romans 1, verse 1, <clears throat> and finished it up however many chapters there are in Romans, I don't know, 12, 14, whatever it is. And it's almost as if he was carrying on the same conversation throughout the entire time. He continues the same thought patterns. 
ideally, he, 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 he really, to me, he continues on the same subject matter. It's so easy to just pull up a chapter in Romans and start reading a few verses and study that. But as you keep reading, you realize he's still talking about the same thing that he really started out with in the very beginning of Romans and continues it. Um, and even here, Joel, I, I pulled something out of Romans 6. I could keep just plucking verses out so a chapter or two later, and he's still talking about the same sort of thing. Here toward the end of chapter 6, and having, been, and, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. And he, it's just the subject matter just continues, and it's so easy for us to get so caught up in the wrong things and misunderstand the scriptures out of context when Paul is, is really making some things real clear, if we begin to see that um, this is, this is a, like one long conversation he's having here. Yeah, I think we really do need to focus on the big picture when it comes to understanding all of this. Uh, you know, I think it's something that we can do is to look at the big picture and then to understand these little components as part of the big picture. You're right, Mike. It does all flow together. It's one big gospel. It's one big uh, conversation on the good news, and it, it all fits into to the good news. Well, our time's run out for this one. I'm Joel with Mike, and this is Growing in Grace. We invite you to look at our website, graceroots.org, and on there you'll find our archives of past programs. Uh, so we invite you to check out some of the past programs, graceroots.org. And, hey, we'll be back again with you next time for more talk about Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 